0: I'm going back down maybe one more time Deep down home, October Road Now I'd like to see that little friend of mine That left behind, once upon a time Oh, promised land, it meets still standing It's a test of time, it's a real good sign there you have it, James Taylor, title cut from an album he recorded, it's hard to believe, over 20 years ago, the early 2000s, October Road. We are in the final month of October, and this is... The Pac-Man Podcast. I'm Ted Flint. Thanks for tuning us in. I guess the big story continues to be in the Middle East. Hamas rockets are targeting Tel Aviv. Syria is now joining in the war. Iran is on the cusp of jumping into it. Of course, it's a proxy war for Iran. Everybody knows that they deny it. But the situation is, you know, escalating. And that was the concern that maybe this could turn into a wider war between the U.S. and Iran and possibly Russia possibly Russia. That's obviously the big fear. But Syria is now involved. And Syria, of course, is a Russian, I would say, proxy at at this point. But, you know, Anthony Blinken, our Secretary of State, is warning that we will defend Israel. Yeah, Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Because we know what the Bible says about those who curse Israel, they shall be cursed. Those who bless Israel shall be blessed. And I think that's what's going on here. It's not about land. It's this this battle between Palestine and And uh, the Jews has been going on for thousands of years. It goes back again to Genesis. This goes back thousands of years. It's, you know, Abraham and his two sons, Isaac and Ishmael. And uh, Isaac was born of the promise and uh, Ishmael was not. Ishmael, the father of, of a great nation, as God said he would be the father of a great nation, but he was not born of the promise. I think that's where a lot of this stems. That's And the fact that The Palestinians and the Jews, obviously, are all Semitic. So it's a very complicated situation. But, I mean, in this country, we have uh, these leftists. I mean, these Free Palestine rallies being held around the country. One in Dearborn, Michigan, this week, in Detroit. You know, chants for the destruction of Israel. They're cheering for Hamas. 1,400 Israelis were killed initially in the first attacks. I mean, this... You know, there is a nexus, and I wrote about this in my latest column in the PAC perspective up on the BMG network. There is a nexus between the communist left and radical Islam, and it's decades old. There have been other books written about it, one by David Horowitz, and uh, I can't think of the name of the book right now, but I mean, this they're working in tandem because they have a common enemy, the West, the United States, and Israel. They hate Israel. Hamas does not want a two-state solution. And these leftist organizations on college campuses, in particular, these people have infiltrated our country. We're being attacked from within. A Columbia University professor this week called the Hamas attack awesome. A Cornell history professor called the Hamas terrorist attacks exhilarating and exciting. These are the people teaching our, our young, and these are elite universities, obviously. But there is uh, the Students for Justice in Palestine. That's another group which is basically Hamas on campus. And the SJP was created to be Hamas on campus, and they're working in tandem with the Muslim Brotherhood Proxy, the Muslim Students Association, or the MSA. Again, I've written about it. Check it out, the PAC perspective on the BMG network. But all these left-wing groups, we have congresspeople, uh, congressmen, I should say, Ilhan Omar, and Rashida Tlaib, and uh, AOC, and the other one, Ayanna Presley, I guess her name is, the squad, the so-called squad, they're taking issue with Israel defending itself. Omar broke into a fit of rage last week, and she aimed her ire at at President Biden and the leadership for supporting Israel. You may remember, she infamously called the 9-11 attacks an event where some people did something. Yeah, they did something. Radical Islamists killed 3,000 Americans on 9-11. Even President Obama, former President Obama, who I'm no, uh, not a fan of his, but I mean, look, you know, he said what had to be said. He issued a statement, another one, Monday, and it was a lengthy statement. I won't read it to you, but he said he condemned the attacks on Israel launched by Hamas October 7th. He called it an unspeakable brutality, which it was, and a violation of international law, which there is no really no such thing. It doesn't exist. If it does, it, it exists not to recognize Israel because the world hates Israel. And we need to do whatever we have to to protect Israel. I don't think it needs protecting. I think Israel's got somebody a lot greater in its corner. But, it, you know, if they need America's assistance, obviously we, we, we got to be there. Even Biden recognizes that. I want to skip around to a couple of things here. The city of Groveport, Ohio, decided to ban the sale of faith-based items at its annual Apple Butter Day. It's a festival they hold each year. They banned these items with religious themes like crosses and doves, a Star of David, carved signs with the words peace and believe and love, you know, other provocative words and statements. So the city had to back off because it was notified by the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression that its censorship was problematic the foundation reported the situation developed when Jake and Jean Seba, who had, had booths at previous events, decided not to participate this year because the city banned the sale of faith-based items. So Fire, which is you know the an acronym for the uh, the group I mentioned, explained that the First Amendment protects the expression of religious and non-religious views alike. So the city initially called for the ban, claiming it was needed to avoid endorsing religion. But of course, that's that's a misreading and a fundamental misunderstanding of the First Amendment. And the foundation pointed that out, so they uh, they have their booths back as they did, you know, in years past, because the city can't ban such uh, expressions of, of faith. A couple other things I want to bring to your attention. The U.S. Customs and Border Patrol released statistics this week showing that September saw the most monthly illegal migrant encounters ever, ending fiscal year 2023. It, the fiscal year ends in September. And also the most yearly encounters on record. The number of illegals encountered at the southern border in September, just shy of 270,000. That's far greater than the 233,000 reported in August, and in July, it was 183,500 roughly. So September marks the end of FY23, during which illegal border crossings totaled nearly two and a half million and it was 2.3 in 2.3 million in 2022 and in 2021 it was 1.7 so i mean it's every year it gets worse so i mean this you know what's the CB, cbp that's the, the federal government this the customs and border patrol agency uh and they have a statement here i'm not going to read it to you because it was reported in i think the daily caller the cbp agents federal agents were seen in september cutting barbed wire in eagle pass texas letting immigrants to cross the, uh, cross the border illegally. And the mayor, Rolando Salinas Jr., announced a state of emergency following the influx of illegals back in September. The CBP, the federal government, the Customs and Border Patrol agents, were cutting barbed wire. And then they're warning us about the illegal border crossings. <laughs> they're part of the problem. They're part of the problem. Uh, on polls, I've mentioned I'm not big on polls, especially this far out of a presidential uh, race. But Donald Trump has widened his lead over Joe Biden in a head-to-head matchup by one point. He's winning by six points in a three-way race with newly independent Bobby Kennedy Jr. This is according to a poll this week, a Monday poll, it's from Caps, it's Harvard Caps, Harris, And it differs from a poll last week. I read one poll that showed that uh, Kennedy was taking more voters away from Trump than he was of Biden. And the media ran with that. They loved it. But this poll says Trump, even in a three-way race, is widening his lead. Trump is beating Biden 46 to 41, 14% undecided. They're brain dead, obviously, which is up from 44-40 in September, according to this uh, Harvard Caps Harris survey. In a three-way race with Kennedy... Garnering 19% of the share, Trump held 39% support. Biden 33%, 9% undecided. The former president's margin increases by the former president's margin increases by two points against Biden in a four-way matchup with Kennedy and Cornell West, who garnered 3% support according to the poll. Now you got to figure West is going to take votes from Biden. So Trump is in a three-way, ra- a three or in a four-way race. Trump is leading the field among independent voters, thirty-nine percent, thirty-one percent, and thirty-one percent, respectively, over Biden and Kennedy. So, so Trump is winning among independents, the all-important independent uh, voting blocs. And that's that's you know, as far as nine percent being undecided in a three-way race. I mean, what are they? Th- they're not thinking. They're 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 clueless. How can you be undecided? At this point. By the way, speaking of Trump, he was right about a couple of things. We started with the Middle East. He was right about the Abraham Accords. He negotiated a peace between Israel and the Arab nations. You recall that, the Abram Accords? And these countries are mortal enemies. These countries hate Israel. But they Trump got them to do business together. Under Biden, the Middle East is aflame. Trump was right about the so-called Muslim travel ban too, WorldNet Daily pointed out. I read a piece this week and he was absolutely right. We don't want terrorists in this country or people who hate Jews or hate Christians. We need to deport them. We don't want to turn America into another Gaza or Lebanon. The president, Trump I'm speaking of now, wants to protect the country, put America first, protect women, protect children. He wants to protect Jews and Christians in America. I can't say the same for Biden. I would hope he would like to do that, but I, I can't say for certain. Speaking of Trump, you know, I read the news today about his former lawyer, one of the, one of his former lawyers, uh, Jenna Ellis, pled guilty in Georgia in the election case down there. And she is one of the uh, latest to flip. And I won't say she's turning on the president, but I mean, the feds are turning up the heat on, on Ellis as they are on uh, Giuliani. And uh, they're just, and some of these people are, are trying to, they're copying plea deals. So they get less of a, you know, less of a sentence if they are convicted. So she's, you know, she was crying and everything. said so she really, there were lawyers who worked for Trump who were a lot more experienced and knew knew a lot more than she did. And if she knew then what she knows now, she wouldn't have done what she did. You know, I'm not saying she's turning on the former president, but I mean, she was uh, breaking down and crying in the, in the Georgia case there over the... Uh, the allegations that the president tried to fix, the uh, said he told the uh, secretary of state, I guess in Georgia, to find me some votes. Let's hope it turns out the president's way because so many people, and it really, what's going on here, is election meddling. The left is trying to keep Donald Trump from getting reelected. I mean, it's obvious, even to a casual a casual observer, what's happening here. I want to just sidetrack a little bit, talk about sports. As you know, most of you, I'm a lifelong Green Bay Packer fan, and Packer fans are, they're all kinds of nervous about uh, Jordan Love. They don't think he's got what it takes. A lot of people already are turning on him on Facebook. It's like, I mean, he's just starting out. He's in his third or fourth year, his first year as a starter, and he's two and four. Packers are two and four, and it figured to be a rebuilding year for them. I mean, they, they lost a the Hall of Famer in Aaron Rodgers, uh, and Jordan Love has, has some big shoes to fill, obviously. And so far, he's not filled them. It's going to take him a while. And I would, for those of you who are, you know, saying the Packers are done, love, they made a bad decision getting rid of Rodgers, go back and look at Terry Bradshaw's first couple of years in the NFL. He was abysmal. And Terry Bradshaw, in my view, is one of the top three or four quarterbacks who've ever played the game. He was phenomenal. He won four Super Bowls. And I, I can say that he was a great quarterback because I couldn't stand Pittsburgh during the 70s, but they were just unbeatable. Terry Bradshaw is one of the greatest quarterbacks <laughs> ever. And his rookie year, and I think the second year, his second year was a little better, but, I mean, he just was, they didn't think he, he had what it took. And, obviously, he proved his critics wrong. And I think the, I think Jordan Love is going to do the same thing. Packers have a lot of injuries. They lost three more players uh, this weekend in the loss to Denver. At mile high, they lost 19-17. But, you know, it's going to be a rebuilding year. The oldest receiver, I think, is Dobbs. He's 24. The rest of these kids are 22, 23 years old. It's going to take a year or two or maybe three for them to gel with love. And uh, and they need to get Aaron Jones back in the fold. He's been injured. And it's it's tons of injuries. But, you know, every every team is, is faced with injuries. And you have to find the necessary people to fill in and get the job done. That's all. All right. That's all I had. So if you like what you heard, please, by all means, hit like, hit that subscribe button. And uh, it doesn't cost anything. And you're notified of every new show that drops. And we do this at least once a week, sometimes twice a week. So subscribe and share with your friends on social media. Tell them about the Pac-Man podcast with me, Ted Flint. If you want to contact me directly, it's Pac-Man P-A-C-M-A-N, at network.com, all lowercase. And check out all the fine programming we have for you. On the BMG Network, some fine podcasters, columns up there for you. And that's going to wrap it up for this edition. Thanks very much, folks, for tuning us in. If the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the BMGNetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.